0: It's the Bob McCowan podcast, and it's brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers online casino and Sportsbook app today. McCowan, Shen with you, and uh, our friend Richard Deitch will join us. We'll, uh, we'll talk a bit about Kyrie <laughs> and this mess.
1: We talk more about Kyrie. I would tell you if, if you we did really. it. You no, know, if we do measurements, if we do measurements of what basketball team we talk about. I would tell you, since we started this show, Bob. Sure, we talk about the Raptors' lots. I would tell you we talk more about the New, you know, the Brooklyn Nets than any other team because of the soap opera they are. I you really almost do. said New Jersey. I, I, I know I did. I know you were. I was waiting for you to jump on me, and
0: I almost did almost. a
1: McCown, I almost did a McCowan there.
0: Oh, uh, I do the same thing. You know, you know me. Well, uh, we'll see what Deitch has to say. Uh, we'll uh, bring him in after these messages. It's McCowan. it's Shannon back with you. Richard Deitch is our guest today. We are pleased to have him with us, as usual. Well, what do you make of this Kyrie Irving stuff? Uh, (laughs) This is uh, quite a mess, and not surprisingly for the Brooklyn Nets. Tell us what you think. What what winds up happening?
2: Uh, Well, first, great to be back uh with you guys hopefully in the time that we tape this and it's released uh twitter still exists elon musk has not destroyed that social media apparatus Um, why
1: don't why don't we design our own new platform and get it out there
2: quick not the three of us do not have that kind of intellectual capability (laughs) other 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 than knowledge and research we have a chance although the three of us may not have blown it up as badly as this guy has in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> um, Bob, in all seriousness, like yeah, there's like multiple sort of ways to look at Kyrie. On the one hand, like his acknowledgement of like the worst of antisemitism is just, it's really gross. I mean, I, I don't know how else to, to put it. I mean, there are others who have, who are going to be more, more thoughtful on this organization when you put stuff out there like that on your feed, like th- that does have significance. It does have meaning. Even if you don't personally endorse it, you're doing something by promoting it when you are that level of fame. And yeah, I agree with Kyrene when he said, like, call out Amazon Prime. Absolutely. I mean, they should be called out as well for putting that kind of garbage um, that all of us can, um, can access. But for so long, this guy has, at least from my viewpoint, so this is not about basketball at the moment. It's just about him he's so wedded to being like a contrarian or like he's so wedded to like being a non-conformist. It's like, he's rebelling against rebellion. You know, like he, that, that's sort of his MO. And in some ways it's probably fueling him to be a great basketball player because in some ways he probably thinks the whole world is against him and, and that fuels him. And he's an amazing basketball player. No question about that. So the Nets have a big issue. Because this guy to me is just, he's an organizational killer, like sort of chemistry wise in terms of like sort of his, what he does away from the court. And then on the court, obviously, like when he's at his best, he's an incredibly gifted, you know, um, all NBA level talent. He's getting older. He won't always be that. If I were the Nets, I would cut bait, like as hard as that is. and And you end up really like, Asset wise, you you've lost. Like you have to just accept that like this did not work out anywhere we wanted. We we will have been burned on all our trades when it came to accumulating. At the time, you know Kyrie Durant and Harden. Now Kyrie Durant and Ben Simmons. I think you just cut bait and you just sort of try to start anew. And unfortunately, acknowledge that like your plan did not work. I, I would not he's not worth it to me to keep around. Even if I know that he is the type of player who could have a, you know, a 30 game stretch in the playoffs and you can win a title. I would not keep him around. And then once that, once you make that decision, then you just try to make the best deal possible. By the way, I'm not so convinced there are, there's a gigantic market for this guy because anywhere he goes, and then I'll see to you two guys, anywhere he goes, the same issues remain like, you know, he's agreed. He's taking him with him, so like you know, if he goes to the Lakers or if he went to the Heat, like he's all of a sudden not this. You know what I mean? He, this guy doesn't become Steph Curry and like just you know embracing everyone and being great on chemistry. He's Kyrie Irving no matter where he goes. Um, so if I was Nets management organizationally, I would I, I would I would try to cut him. Not cut him. I would try to find a deal to 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 get him out of my organization.
1: Is is toxic to a hard word, Richard? No.
2: Like, why would that be a hard word,
1: John? No, I mean, I, no, just yeah. I mean, because because here's what's happened. Here's what happened in sports, and you know this, and so do you, Bob. Is that there's always that one guy in management or ownership that says we can make him better. Yep, we can fix him. You know all the issues he had in Cleveland, all the issues he had in Boston. Go and play in 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 Brooklyn, and he'll be fixed. And
2: and all it's done so far is exacerbate everything. It really has. He's very lucky that Kevin Durant is a supporter of his. Because usually, like, in almost every sport, and particularly in basketball, which is a sport really run in many ways by the best players in the league, the best player in the team,
0: right. and
2: Kevin Durant just sort of been quietly went to the Nets ownership and said, like, I can't play with this guy anymore, that he'd be over, he'd be done. So he, he is lucky and fortunate that Durant still supports him. But I, I just... I don't know how you can – I mean, I get, I'm get. i not an NBA player, so I can't really get into the mind of these guys. I'm never really going to sort of really be accurate here. But I think there has to be a certain level, like, a consistency factor. Like, I have to know that player X is here, he's committed, and he, he's trying to get to the same place I'm getting. Mm. And Kyrie always just feels – as great as he is, it always feels like Kyrie is just trying to get to where Kyrie wants to be. And so um, he's already killed Nash's basically, you know, that the players sort of killed Nash, whether you think he's a good coach or not. That's just the reality of it. Um, And just as a New Yorker, I, 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 Brooklyn's a borough with a lot of Jewish people. New York city is a place with a ton of Jewish dispara, right? I I don't know how you make the sell as a professional organization in New York with Kyrie Irving on your team. So if you want even want to look at it like optically or marketing wise, like why on earth would you why on earth would you want that guy there? So I I don't see it, but the NBA has a history of 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 players at that level of skill not moving because you know you can't you can never get that player in return. Like you, you can't get equal value. It's just you, whoever the Nets get back will not be as good as Kyrie Irving. That's just that is a fact. You, you That's a given. Equal, yeah, you can't get equal value.
1: But 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 even more practical, I think, Richard. You know the way the NBA CBA works and the cap works is it's dollar in, dollar out almost, right? And and the amount of money Kyrie gets paid, how many players are you going to get in return? I mean that's why that was that's why it was amazing the Simmons Harden deal last year, right? Right. And it worked out well in theory on paper. It worked out for both teams. They you know they got rid of one guy and got another guy back. But that, that to me, for, I mean, I almost think you have to put aside the whole concept of, is he a good player? Can he make our team better? Because those are different questions. But financially, I'm just not sure that anybody could have the the appetite to go do that at this point because you would, in theory,
2: in a lot of teams, you would just gut your team. You need a you need a team that matches up, right, John, where you have a very high-priced guy who you don't want as well. And that's right. there's just – there's not many people – there's not many people in the NBA right now who fit that Anthony Davis criteria. But, like, what, if you're the Lakers, why would you do that? Like, what is, you know, I mean, yeah, like salary as it works, but like, I, I, I was just you know, saying, can you the,
1: imagine Russell Westbrook and Russell Westbrook and and, and Kyrie in the same backcourt? But Russell, I, I would what? assume, I would assume Westbrook back, would be part of the deal.
2: Yeah, because of the contract. Like, that, that at least makes sense in terms of two headaches for each other. But, um, you know, not that I think Kyrie cares, but in many ways he's gotten lucky. Like he got, he's now gotten cover from Adam Silver, who's sort of come out and said, "I don't think this guy is truly anti-Semitic." And he, there's a place for him in the league. Durant, I think, um, stepped up for him. You know, LeBron has said, you know, to come back. So in many ways, he's he's been he's been bailed out a little bit. Um, I just I think if you're just like listening to this and you're a fan of the NBA, like just think of like what would give you any kind of confidence that if Kyrie came to your team, like that's, Mm -hmm. that's the missing piece to win. It just, I I don't, I don't know how any general manager can even make that
0: argument. No, but I think what's interesting is that LeBron came out in defense of him in spite of the fact that they had their issues in Cleveland. Yep. And it sounds like LeBron may be conniving. (laughs) Well, the, the
1: Lakers can't be any worse. So, come on yeah
2: that's wow. part LeBron, of the issue that's yeah. part of Le- the issue there LeBron, yeah i mean bob that's don't you think like it. he's stuck lebron is stuck he knows he can't win with this group and so he probably i think you know he's 38 or 9 he knows that there's not much time left and probably for him he's like you know this is like if we bring this guy in it, maybe it's a shot to actually do something cuz we're not doing anything with this current roster and maybe LeBron I think I almost feel like for LeBron LeBron is so big and famous and sort of uh uh what's the word I'm like 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 bubble wrapped that Kyrie's nonsense is not really gonna impact LeBron it feels to me like Kyrie's nonsense impacts everyone else on the roster who doesn't have the same kind of standing as as LeBron but I I, I don't
1: I, I LeBron's think, reputation's taken a little bit of a, a beating little, in LA too
2: a little bit yeah I mean he you know, it's I think that. I think the Lakers really John, like they threw everything in for that one bubble, um, championship and like, didn't really concern themselves with like, what would happen next. Right. Um, and so they're, you know, they've, they've really, they've never been deep. Um, Anthony Davis being hurt has really, really hurt them. And then the third piece, they just, they can't figure out Westbrook is obviously not it. Um, you know, they've sort of tried to figure out like who that third wheel is. They've given mm. up draft picks. It's that team is fundamentally flawed. Um, it's just LeBron is great still. I mean, I think he is one of the 10 best players in the league, but I don't think he's number one and he can't, in my opinion, he cannot win series anymore on his own. You know, how he used to win series on his own against like the, 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 the sure. Raptors. Like he's not that player anymore. And if you're not that player, then you do need some help. And he just doesn't have
0: enough help. But he did that in Cleveland with Kyrie
2: a lot. Six. Look, well, how, if you remember, if look you remember look that, how much younger, both guys were right. And 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 that I last know
0: that.
1: Game, that last game really Kyrie was the star. If you recall, but the the, the final of the game of the finals. series, Kyrie was the yeah. star.
2: They don't win the NBA finals without Kyrie Irving, unquestioned. Right. No, not even an argument. I agree. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: But that's why I say L.A. as a possibility. L.A. is always think a possibility. I think always. LeBron looks at that and says, you know. We can be a lot better with Kyrie here.
2: Yeah, I think they would be better. Like yeah. he's right. How much better? That's the real question. But he's not wrong. Like that you 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 probably I don't know if they're a playoff team right now I think they'd be a playoff team with Kyrie like I'd be confident enough to say I'll make, make the playoffs at least. yeah
1: that's a, that's a classic case of desperate times make require desperate measures on both sides yep. <laughs> on both sides you you actually brought up a name uh in our discussion about Kyrie uh Richard that I don't think we've discussed enough because he, we did talk about him a little bit earlier in one of the shows and that's Adam Silver how how does how does this reflect on him you now he came he, he came in you know the, the his first act of of uh of power was the the sterling issue with the clippers everybody raved about it there there's there has seemed there seemed to be a a real respect for Adam silver being the best commissioner and of the four major sports in North America, but this is not gonna i don't think this reflects well on him do you
2: well no, not this. This whole situation reflects well on no one. I mean, it's a, it's a it's just awful. You 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 start like connecting any kind of anti-Semitism to your professional sports league, you're in a bad place. Even if you quote, you know, if you Adam Silver didn't cause it, I think Silver is probably still the best commissioner of the big sports. But I agree with you, John. He's his the. Um, I mean, he was
1: late in doing the suspension.
2: Well, yeah, I was going to say like the, the the he used to really have a reputation which was unlike maybe any other sports commissioner in the history of professional sports right and I think that has been cut into i think yeah. he is still a good commissioner i think the players by and large still respect him but he has taken some significant hits in the last year and um he you know the 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 how do i sort of say this who he's compared against is always going to sort of put him at the top. Do you know what I mean? Like Goodell will never be a popular commissioner with the fans. No. Um, Bettman will never be a popular commissioner with the fans, no matter what you think of him. Um, no. Rob Manfred is absolutely not a popular commissioner with the fans. So so Adam Silver, I think, will always have that spot no matter what. But he has, in many ways, John, you're correct. He He has proven to be late with stuff. And not as savvy as I thought his reputation was. Um, I, I would agree with that, although I think you both you and Bob both know this. I mean, certainly Bob talked about this in Canada more than anybody when it comes to you know this sort of connection of finances and sports. As long as Adam Silver in 2024, 25 gets whatever that new media rights deal will be, like, you know, a hundred, hundred and fifty percent increase or whatever it turns out to be from the media companies like that's all the owners care about like that he will get that trust me yeah and the owners will consider him his job well done and he'll get whatever raise he, or extension these guys get and and that's that cuz at the end of the day whether it's Goodell or Manfred or Adam Silver they they're their bosses they they don't judge them on like oh are you managing this Kyrie crisis well it's like how much money are you bringing into our league and that's always about T- generally speaking, media, television rights negotiations, and Adam Silver will get a gigantic increase mm-hmm. when that when that comes yeah, up at the, the end. The three of
1: us time. could the three of us could have been a commissioner to do that.
2: I agree with you. I don't think it's that's not the point. Genius, but, but and this is where I give Silver credit. I do think that league is very, very progressive and and ahead of the curve on just like their technology and their embrace mm-hmm. of that stuff. They've always been there. They have a new uh, NBA app now. Which is really going to be like a one-stop shop to do everything on there from game watching to betting mm-hmm. to everything else. So I, I do think as a commissioner, he's very, he's ahead of the curve on that. But you're not right. You, John, you're not wrong. I mean, you've you've been on high levels of uh television production. Um, you know, you walk into the room and there are people who want to hand you checks with a billion dollars on it. It's you're already in the leverage position. It's just a question of how much how much money you ultimately end up getting. You have you have the what they want, you have the product. Right, you win. They, you control. You have the content that these places want.
0: But what seems to be puzzling—it's certainly puzzling to me—is why Silver went the route that he went with Kyrie this time. Why did he wait? Why didn't he act immediately?
2: I think I don't know, Bob. I, I, I you'd, are you, you play. It's a great question. You'd have to try to speculate, and I, I don't know what the. The answer is I think these third rail topics, religion, race, racism, antisemitism, none of these are easy. And I think um leagues probably worry about how their players union are gonna react and how the fans are gonna react. But yeah, I think he's I think he was a step behind. I don't think they know what to do with Kyrie Irving. I don't think they've ever had this problem. You know, like what do you what do you do when a guy that famous with a Twitter feed of whatever it is, you know, three or four million is like sending out like this kind of stuff like this this kind of incendiary anti-semitic stuff like there's no blueprint and i think that's probably why he
0: no but you react though you react and he did not react
2: i'm not i'm not trying to excuse make for him i'm just like i'm trying to figure out the why and um and i don't have an answer for that's the question
0: i think yeah
1: because i i mean the, the things you mentioned there richard if you check all those boxes it's a quick decision It's a quick decision, and it's and it's you pull him on the carpet, you get him to New York, you know. I mean, he's only in Brooklyn. You get him across the river, and and you sit with him, and then you say, okay, you're done for ten.
2: Well, what about what I mean before it even gets to silver? Then don't you think the Nets ownership has more? You point the finger at them first.
1: That's that's a really good point. Um, Because you remember Joe. Because I'm more. The interesting thing about this is that teams always look at the league to be the bad guy they always say can you do this for us because we still have to pay him and motivate him to play games for us so so it becomes the league and and i I, i've heard conversations listen can you talk to this guy for us can you do something with him because we like he can't we can't get through to him and we're and we're and we still need him to play and and to me that's always and, and it's become a fallback well the league will do something for sure and fair, fairly or unfairly, I, I think that that's now a role uh, that is is played by a single system, by a by a central system. Because what if the Nets treated uh, uh, Kyrie one way, and then uh, you know the Oklahoma City Blazers, or, uh, you know the Thunder, uh, carried him the other, treated somebody in a similar situation differently. You need some, you you do need some consistency. And that's what the league is supposed to bring to this situation.
2: I I agree with everything you just said. But I, I would just say that the Nets also, like, oh, no question, took, took, took sort of punted initially, right? And, and have taken time. But yes, I, at a certain point, like, I think the, I think the teams do look to the league to sort of give them guidance on, like, um, what do you do? And again, this is not, I'm not saying it's an easy decision because it's it's a guy who is promoting this film on his own personal social media channel. So like, I always look at it like, um, you have free speech, but you do not have c- the consequences of that free speech based on where you work, right. Or based on what organization you are a part mm-hmm. of. And so I feel like in that case, the, but
1: um, we, we we've all know but- that promoting hate is a, is against the law promoting hate crimes are against the law now every government has decided that there's a the fine line between freedom of speech and hate crimes is you know that's that's the issue isn't it more than anything well
2: it's it's i mean again i unfortunately i don't know the like the legality of whether putting that (laughs) film on a social media channel constitutes a hate crime like like on a a legal definition like unquestionably morally there's no defense for it i would just say john i would just pause to say we should be careful about saying that it's a specific legal nope. issue. you know what I'm saying? Because I don't Fair know enough. if it crosses um that line. But well, uh,
1: well, obviously it doesn't because there's yes. no charge. there's no charges.
2: Okay. But again, like to Bob's initial question, everybody everybody mm. pause on this one and you can always say, hey, you know, the league has to take time to investigate and the league has to take time to 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 do its due diligence. But I, mm. I think they I don't think they knew what to do, and then I think eventually they decided what to do.
0: Well, they decided what to do because of the pressure of the public. Always. And the reaction of the public. And,
2: and I would say that the the um, Jewish organizations, too, that probably absolutely put pressure publicly right on the league sure. and the Nets.
0: But to suggest that somehow the Brooklyn Nets should have reacted Well, we know what the Brooklyn Nets are. They're an incompetent bunch of boobs. (laughs) They've proven themselves to be that for years, and to expect them to be proactive and take the lead on this is silly. I think.
2: Yeah, the one thing we—I don't think we brought up—and it is worth noting—is the little the, the other X factor here is Kyrie Irving is the, I believe, the vice president of the Players Association. Players Association, yeah. So it's it's not just another guy. Like it's a guy in. The player associations management, um, and again, while you know John was saying like the Thunder may treat somebody one way, the Nets may treat somebody one way. The reality is like a guy who has a leadership position in that union is probably getting a different treatment than someone who's just part no. of the rank and file. That's just the reality. <laughs> of it.
0: Do we believe that Kyrie trade talks are ongoing between the Nets and whoever?
2: I, I think they're actively looking to see who would what what someone would offer. For him, the problem for the Nets, yet another problem, is I would really wonder, Bob, if they've even had any assurances from Kyrie that he wants to play again. Like you don't ever know with this guy. You don't even you don't know. He no, I know. He has sort of hinted sometimes, like I'll I'm 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 willing to walk away forever to protect my freedom of expression. Blah blah blah. So if you're the Nets and you're not doing it, then you are. um <laughs> You were in dereliction of your duty. I mean, yeah. I think Sean Marks is the name of that GM. He he should be on the phone with every team and sort of saying, Hey, like guys, what um you know, what you what's realistic. They're cooked. Be- they are cooked because they traded so many assets in the last couple of years and they're not a good team. They're- yeah, But as and long they
1: have- as they beat the as long as they beat the Knicks, Richard. And this is what they did the <laughs> other night. You know, Durant did. Durant beat the Knicks. So it doesn't Dur- so so for a little bit. They're okay for a couple of days.
2: Again, you know, like, this is where Masai Ujiri is never wrong. You just watch a guy like Durant, and you see the difference between, like, Durant, Giannis, and, like, everybody else. Like, Pascal Siakam is a great player, an all-NBA kind of player, and there is a gap, and a pretty significant one, between him and Kevin Durant. Like, that's why you try to get all these guys, because there's just only so few of
0: them. Yeah, there's only a few. Uh, we can take a break. We'll come back. Richard Deitch is with us uh, back after this. With uh, Richard Deitch, it's McCowan and Shannon. Uh, meanwhile, the winter meetings are ongoing. The general manager's meetings in baseball have been in Las Vegas. And the talk is all about the three Blue Jay catchers. Yeah. And what do you do? Do you keep all three? Do you trade one of them? What do you get in return? What are you looking for? Um... Our outfielders, um, Gregoriel Hernandez, to be specific, on the table to be moved. What are you looking for them to do? What do you think winds up happening?
2: Uh, man, I, I hate the. F- I love all three of those catchers actually. So it, it really is tough. I think you have to trade one. I've, I think Mourinho will get you the most. Um, I don't think Kirk will be traded. I just I don't see that happening, especially after last year. So it really feels like Jansen or or Moreno. Um, it, 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 you probably would be smarter to keep Moreno and play Moreno and Kirk and trade Jansen. The problem is Jansen cannot get you nearly as much as what Moreno can get you. Um, I have a fondness and a soft spot for Teoscar Hernandez and, and Lord Gurriel Jr. But if I'm being, if I'm using my head as opposed to my heart. Why do
1: they live in your neighborhood or something? Yeah, yeah, I, w-
2: I wish I lived in that kind of neighborhood. <laughs> um I think you got to deal one. Uh and maybe you do some kind of package and then figure out what you need. And to me what you need is you need a left handed bat, right? Somewhere like a decent left handed bat to sort of balance that line up a little bit. And you need absolutely desperately need one more starter and you really need one more power arm. What would be nice is if uh, you know, Bob, our old uh, employer Rogers would up the, the 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 payroll a little bit because there's a there's enough starting pitching out there to get somebody without having to make any kind of deal. But from everything I read, you know, from the people who cover the team every day like um you know, like Shida Edie et cetera, it doesn't seem like they're gonna go big in free agency. And I'm not saying like go big like to get like uh you know, Carlos Correa, whoever like the best free agent is, but I would hope there at least we'll talk to like Justin Verlander's agent and just see like, you know, what a one year or two year deal like might look like. I hope they talk to, um, uh, you know, some of the uh, top starting pitchers who are, who are out there. Uh, Because the reality is like the, the window before, the window before Bo and Vladdy get paid massively is like everything that that's like, like, that's it. Like, eventually, I think, hopefully you sign both those guys, but I don't necessarily think it's like, um, it's more than 50-50 that both will sign, just given how much they'll probably both get. So I would go for it. And I just, like, to me, like, I get, I you know, I understand all the tax, whatever level of tax you're in, if you pay, if you overpay, if you're over a certain threshold number, but like, my God, man, like that those tickets cost a lot of money. You're improving the stadium. You're gonna be charging people a fortune. You got a great young team. Like, this is the time to go for it. Pay, mm-hmm. go above and beyond to get that like third starter. Over even overpay if you have to, because that will be the difference, in my opinion. To have a real shot to win, like win everything or not. Because as much as I love the um Barrios deal, I, right now you 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 can only feel good about Manoa. And Gaussman, right? Like, that's it. Like, you, you, everything yeah, else after that true. is like, I hope it's going to be okay, but you don't know. So, I would love for them to just get a like in my dream Blue Jays world, I would love for them to go like one year for Justin Burlander for like 25, 30 million dollars. Well,
1: hold on, hold on. He, I he, would love he tur- that. He, he turned I don't
2: do, right. He, he, he opted out
1: of a 25 million dollar deal for one year because I think he wants to negotiate a two year deal with the actor. all
2: right, right. Again, it's not my money, <laughs> so it's very easy for me to spend, but. Two years at $55 million. Like, that that would be my dream for the Blue Jays. If you put Verlander in that rotation, I think you're the best team in the American League.
0: Well, there's another way to go, and that is there are plenty of shortstops who are very good available in this draft, and part of the discussion has been the possibility of, um, you know, moving their shortstop to second base and bringing somebody else in. Wow. Which... Would give you um, a powerful offensive second baseman uh, who probably can play second base just as well as he can play shortstop, maybe even better. Like they had two years ago.
2: How do you feel like, like, I, 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 that's an interesting one. I haven't really thought about that. How do you feel like Bo would react to being, to leaving short?
0: I don't think he'd be happy, but I think he'd, he'd, he'd do what he, what he's told to do. I mean, he's, he's, he's an okay shortstop. I agree with you, but
2: do you, do you, I don't know. Do you think you lose him like long-term if you move him? If, you lose, you, if, you,
1: if you lose him long-term Richard, then he shouldn't be here. I mean, this is, I mean, this, I, this goes back. This is, there's a little Kyrie discussion in here too. The oh, players. Don't care, don't no, 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 no my, my point is, is that, is that two, you know, systems are put in place. Teams are put in place. Managers and general managers are put in place to manage these types of things. Players play. And at a certain point, you tell the player, "Listen, we think you're going to be better for the club because at second base." Well, I don't like it. Well, then we're going to get rid of you. Then you're. Then we'll find a way to. If you don't like playing at second base for us, why are you on our team? I mean, you, at a certain point, you do have. And which, which I think John Schneider did when he moved him down the batting order when, when he when he came here. At a certain point, you have to be a bit of a hard ass when you're paying these guys this much money and bo knows at a certain point he is going to get very very rich
2: well the one thing the one thing here is that if you go the route that bob just talked about that is really going to be costing you more like these elite shortstops you know oh, yeah. bogarts and korea and um, you know all the guys who are uh, who are free agents right now on the list in front of me th- that's those that's crazy dollars that you're going to i'm not saying they're not great players they they all are yeah but that you're going into a different level if you do that you can only do that if bo agrees to to move my my only hesitation there and i i don't disagree with you bob i think bo is an average shortstop um at best. times is better than average and at times is below average quite frankly he is an elite hitter though i mean an absolute mm-hmm. elite one of the 10 best 12 best hitters i think in the american league given everything yeah i agree he can do. so you just have to you have to i feel like make the calculation that he, he, you're not going to lose him long term if you make that move. Like, I like the one thing I give Vladdy a lot of credit for, uh, I, I and I one, I think he loves Toronto. I have no doubt he's signing long term whenever it happens. You didn't lose him when you asked him to go from third to first. You know, we right. used to we remember when we were in the air, we had this discussion all the time. Like, we weren't sure, like, all right, how's Vladdy going to react? Well, how do you react? He got in incredible shape and became one of the best first basemen in baseball is how he reacted. Yeah. So that's, that would be my question is, you know, would Bo look at it like that? Where Bo would be like, you know what? Okay, right. I'm be going to become Marcus Simeon. I'm going to become the best second baseman in baseball. And, like, that's what I'm going to be. If that happened, you're totally right, Bob. Th- then then their lineup is the best lineup in baseball. Yeah. Like, not even close.
0: Well, maybe, maybe you strengthen what is your strength, even though you need pitching help. You figure that out as you go along. Maybe what you do is you you make yourself a better offensive team, like the offensive infield. that would be the best in baseball, oh, sure.
2: by far. It, by
0: might, it might it might it might be already, guys.
2: It actually would be the best defensive team in baseball too, because Chapman is a all-gold oh, glove uh, third no, base. Yeah. No, no, he wow. no, he,
1: he could he wasn't good enough to win the gold glove, Rich.
2: Well, I think he wasn't good
1: it. enough to win the gold glove. So you get a better is...
2: defensive shortstop. That's yeah on that side. That's that's awesome. Yeah. What, what what what? I mean, again, it's. The thing with with the Blue Jays is, um, I I don't know how to feel about like the bullpen depth because like the guys who imploded in that final game, I I did like all year. Like I actually thought they had a pretty strong bullpen. So, and then the always an X factor. I don't I I don't know how I mean, it feels like we're having like a twenty. We'll have a twenty nineteen conversation. But do you guys see Nate Pearson and all being any kind of factor <laughs> for this organization? Who. Nate Pearson <laughs> like could he be your power who? arm or something? Yeah, all right, who I got it. All right. I've, I've answered my own question all right well then you have to uh you got to go out and I think if, if nothing else you got to amplify the bullpen with one more big arm <laughs> so what it's are not, not, not going to be Edwin it's not going to be a you know back of the bullpen Edwin Diaz closer but I think you need some power arm guy who can come in in the seventh inning or something like that and strike people
0: well sure you need you need but that's an eight, ten, twelve million dollars. Yeah, you can get that. Would you guys bring Stripling back?
1: Absolutely, 100%. for the right, do- for, the like right yeah. for the right dollars. for the right dollars. I, I think know? he wants
2: to come back too. I would too. Yeah. I liked him.
1: Yeah. The, the, by the way, to um, for my money, rather than saying who I'd get rid of, I, there's no way I'm moving Marino, and there's no way I'm moving Guerrero. I'm not moving either of them. Okay. Anybody so else? Would you on? would you move Jansen? No. no, you're not moving Kirk. No, I'm now, I, I, that's, that's I, I'm that. moving.
2: See, I'm moving Kirk. Because That's just how, you're moving the you're moving a guy who just won the gold like the the best batting catcher in baseball.
1: Yeah, I am because I too be, because I can get more for him, oh and I and I can get more for him because in at a certain point I think Jansen and Moreno can do exactly what Kirk is but Kirk has done, and and I think that when you look at two or three years down the way, the amount of money that Kirk is going to have to be paid. You know, it's it's going to be short term. So, so you know, get more for him now to help fill those roles that you guys have been talking about. Whether it's in the bullpen, whether it's a starter, whether it's a position player, and Alejandro Kirk can do that for you. I oh think I th- I really do. I mean, oh and hey, I listen, he's a folk. It. He's a bit of a folk hero in town. Everybody loves him. You know, he's this cute little guy that that hits the baseball, and he's Johnny's uh,
2: not a mascot. He's a, he's the, literally the best hitting catcher in baseball last year.
1: Well, I, but I would tell you that the uh, second half of the season, Danny Jansen was almost as effective as he was and he wasn't, and won't cost you near as much in the long run. So, and, and I think, I think Jansen's a better defensive catcher anyway. I really do. I think he's a better defensive that. catcher. Yeah. So, so, and so uh, you're trying to improve the team for that short term you're talking about. Right. You're trying to improve you because your, you're saying before Bichette and Guerrero get to the big dollars,
2: that's why I keep Kirk. Though he's the best hitter out of those three in the short term. Yeah. No. I,
1: I, 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 I'm getting. I'm I, 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 I'm I'm helping the rest of my team because I know that I'm. I'm if, if, if for the sake of argument, if if Kirk is a nine out of ten in a rating system for what you want out of the catcher, right. I think between Moreno and Jansen, you're an eight out of ten. And then I'm helping the rest of the team in the parts that need to be improved.
2: Okay, but my, I would not do that, but I, my one caveat to sort of tip my hat to your Kyle Dubising here is I would want to see what you can get back. So that that would be the thing. If you can get back something great, maybe I consider it.
1: Richard, you're the only guy that can get Kyle Dubis into a Blue Jay conversation. Oh, That's
2: something. beautiful, my <laughs> man. Uh, you know, again, there. I mean, you, a lot of times organizations, you, know, you dream of having catchers that you could actually deal. Like it's not a position of strength for anybody and it's incredibly yeah great position of strength i i too john love guriel but at a certain point he has to stay healthy like you 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 gotta stay healthy for the full year um and um
1: what define that is that 120 <laughs> yeah how
2: many games 125 125 okay. 130 yeah. it's not it's not 162 anymore um
1: Because you could put Uh, every one of the outfielders in that list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Springer's got to be healthy, and Teoscar's got to be healthy.
2: Well, that's the thing. This is where I would be a little. I I know there's a lot of Blue Jay fans who sort of want to deal these guys. I I just would be cautious because, like you know, between Springer, Guriel, Hernandez, probably somebody goes down. So it's really good to have the other guys there, you know, because you're always going to have a pretty decent hitter in the lineup, assuming all three of them, obviously, Um, all three are not are not heard. They, they have a lot of potential, um, in this off season to deal because they have a lot of pieces that I think are very, very attractive mm-hmm. to other organizations. The, the question is, you know, what they, what they will get back. Um, and you know, we're not going to know that until, until this group starts to, starts to deal. I, I you know, for, for all the criticism that, uh, Atkins and Shapiro dealt with, and probably a lot of it was fair. Um, Last couple of years, they have made some, I think, really astute and smart moves. Like uh, uh, Barrios did not have a good year, but I, I'm I'd be a hypocrite to kill them on that because I thought it was a great deal, and I'm still going to stick that like that was a great deal to bring him in. But they are going to need some people like th- that. He has to have a good year. Let's just be blunt. Like that guy has to pitch like the ace he was in Minnesota. Like. You signed him to be that, and so I think if you're Ross and Mark and that the rest of that group, I think you're you have to be thinking that he's this was a this was just a a weird year and he's gonna turn it around. Kikuchi obviously was a disaster; he cost him five six games minimum. Um, you can't just cut guys because like you don't get anything before him. So I'm not optimistic he'll turn it around, but you know if you want to look on the optimism side, if that guy somehow could turn it around. You are a much different team. Like if that guy could be eight and eight, you're a different team.
0: Uh, back to the outfield for a second. I know we've talked a bit about um, Guriel and Hernandez potentially leaving, but it is surprising to me that we have not heard much of Tapia. What is this guy? Was this just a he? De- was he a decent fill-in, or did he show some real potential? What do
1: you think, Jeff? Uh, well, first of all, it doesn't hurt to be a left-handed hitter, right? You know, that's that's a positive. He had some pretty key baseballs at key times and was, was not bad defensively. But but is is he ahead of those three guys? I don't think so. I think he's well, no, a, but- I, I think he's a good fourth guy, Bob. But then you've got you've got you got a lot of fourth guys, don't you? I mean, and that, that becomes how many, how many outfielders do you really need? and And I think Tapia, because he hits from the left side i I think that that's probably one of the reasons why he be he, he be he stays and becomes a cr- attractive, and I wouldn't even touch him based on this this organization's inability to find left-handed hitters
0: well we we'll move to right. Is there, um, no, they don't based on our field um and i I agree with that assessment which probably means that uh, uh, that Hernandez is going to go somewhere.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. The one thing about Topia, like I think he's been a good fourth outfielder, but that's all about price to me. And like, you know what ultimately like the dollar figure is, you know, he's, I thought, I think I thought he was excellent, but he's not a difference maker. I mean, and that's no disrespect to him. He's an excellent baseball player, but you know, he's, he's truly sort of what he is. And you know, a fourth, a fourth outfielder they have big decisions to make with hernandez and guriel bob and john because like they're both this is their um contract year right next year they're both free agents mm-hmm. so they have to yeah. just decide like are they one are they going to try to deal them uh it's not really a ton of value to deal them in a contract year or are they interested in either long term i don't seem to give in any indication as to that yet um but that so they have to decide like they got to decide like where they see these guys uh, organizationally, they're both very tricky to evaluate because both at times can literally lead a team. Like they've carried, both those guys have carried the team at different times. Uh, and then, and then other times they're, they're cold. And so it's tough. I am with John though. I, I really like Uriel. I think yeah. there's going to be a time where it's going to click. He's a very good fielder. Um, and he's a clutch hitter. He has been clutch in this market. Um, often. I, I, I believe that he will get better. He's also got a great body, like athletically. He's not going to be a guy that's going to get old and out of shape. So I would, I'd bet on him. Teo is a little tougher because he's a, he's a better hitter, I think, than Gurriel. But, you know, you well, read, he has
0: power. Yeah. Which Gurriel, mean, he lost all his power this year. Did.
2: Yeah. The thing with Teo is, you know, you have to try to think, I guess, what is he going to be at 33, 32, 34? Like, you know, these guys who are great. Like Encarnacion and Batista and stuff, they get old fast. Like some of these power hitters, so you gotta, you gotta just decide, like, you know, what is he, like, three, four years? That's 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 a, what the front office needs to do and should well, be doing right now.
0: John will tell you that I was a proponent of trading uh, Hernandez last year, last at this this time last year.
1: Well, we've done five hundred and ten podcasts, Richard. I think on five hundred and eight, Bob was trading to Oscar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. I mean, it's how I feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, think, right. I think economically you're going to have a problem with Teoscar because Teoscar is going to be a $20 million guy. Yeah. You
2: can't sign. I mean, the reality is like you, you, there's no everybody. chance. You, you can't sign both guys. Like there's no chance. Not with Bo and Vladdy coming down the pike. That's it, not going to
1: happen. The other thing we haven't heard from at, at the meetings at all, and this, this is me being a little quirky, is how the rule changes are going to affect teams. Like, how does it affect your pitching staff uh, when you when you're on a 25 second clock? Uh, how how does it affect your uh, how does it affect how you approach the whole attitude about hitting? And they when, when there's they, no, they were when one there of no heaviest, well, one the heaviest. the heaviest
2: shifting teams, right, in baseball.
1: That's kind of my point. Is, yeah. is is how 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 does that change in in a, in a sport that has become so analytical? is how do how do those couple of things change things i mean not this is not a, a a starting pitching rotation of mark burley's yes that threw the ball in 13 seconds you know this how does how does this how do the new rules affect how a team approaches next season and and the type of people they sign i'm not i i, I it's 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 almost a question that i i don't know anybody has asked or answered
0: Uh, And I don't even
1: know, quite frankly, I don't even know if it's going to be a factor at a certain point, but we're going to, you know, at at some time early in the season when the players are not used to it, we're going to see scenarios where, you know, the umpire is going to be pointing Mm -hmm. and he's going to have to deliver and the guy's going to have to stay in the box. And how does that affect things? And uh, that to me is one of those ones where this sport more than any, I'm sure they've got, you know, databases on all this stuff at some point and how it affects how you, how you develop a team now.
2: It would off the top of my head. One of the things that would really affect is you have to your infield defense. It puts more of a premium on having better fielders to start. Yeah. With. yeah. So you know, Vladdy had a great year, but he's probably gonna have to cover a little more ground this year. Probably changes things a little bit. Um. So that, you know, that to me is um. Defense defense probably becomes more important like in the sport next year if you can't shift. That's that's what I would initially say. Mm. Uh, but pitch clock is a big one job. You know, that's game's going to speed up, up and, um, God, I hope so. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the baseball to its credit, most of the rules changes have made the game more watchable. I think, um, you know, they're trying to, it's a long game and they're trying to, they're trying to quicken it up. Um, I, I the one thing I would say for the, for the, for the winter, I'm just really curious of like how active, um, things will be like trade wise or, or, you know, signing wise and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll, be, I'll be curious if we're gonna get a lot of these now or you know, or does it happen where we get the flurry, you know, right before the teams head down to Florida and Arizona?
1: Well they we don't we don't have the the the, the lockout hovering over our shoulders
2: this year yeah. like
1: like happened last year and that's why everybody signed all those big
2: contracts. Yeah. And the season will start earlier this year. You know, at least at yeah. least a week, knock on Thank wood. Good. Thank
0: goodness. Yeah. Well it takes me back to Bouchette going to second base. Um, there's a lot of lot of reasons besides just the Blue Jays lineup that suggest that that might be a pretty good idea. The fact that defensively, um, this team needs to be better at shortstop. And they aren't. And, um, you know, maybe you go that route rather than where everybody thinks they're going, which is go get a pitcher or two or three. Um, one starter and maybe two bullpen guys. Bullpen guys are like pretty women, as I've said before. There's always a pretty another one coming down the street. You never know who's going to be good. Yeah, but I tell you what.
1: Yeah, but you know what, Bob? Geez, every time you get to the playoffs, and then you know one of these teams brings in a reliever and changes the complexion of a game because he yeah, but it's a a guy you've never heard of.
0: It's a guy you've never heard of. A guy who was nothing a year year ago, almost invariably. Yeah. relievers have one. good years they don't they, they have a good year they don't have a good years. I, I, I just wonder if this team they talk
1: all over left-handed hitters yes but are you going to have somebody consistently throw a hundred and they don't they've no, never need, done they,
2: that organizationally they need more power arms I think we all agree on that
0: well they could use one at least yeah out of least. the bullpen maybe out of the starting rotation who knows uh, Daish. Well as you go. We thank you very much for your time, as always. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon, I hope.
2: Absolutely. Always good to be with you, gentlemen. Be well.
0: And to you. Uh, we'll come back with more after this.
2: Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team. You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock million dollar protection package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com/aware.
0: Well, I know you've got a few things uh, thanks to Deitch, by the way. Yeah, that's uh, good. a few things you want Richard, to
1: talk Richard Richard ob- Richard obviously had not talked to many people. He was good today. Yeah. On a roll. Yep.
0: Um well, the topics were pretty good, too. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, it is.
1: Uh, hey, we, by the way, we should congratulate uh, our pal Brian Cooper uh, and uh, in absentia, Nick Nurse uh, and the boys at Basketball Canada. They uh, won a game last night in Edmonton, about 4,000 people at a, uh, in, in, the, uh, in the arena there to watch them qualify for the World Cup of Basketball. So that's, uh, that's, that's big. They've won oh, nine consecutive games in qualifying. That's, that's fantastic.
0: And they won easy. Yes, and it's with the team that won't play in the World Cup.
1: Yeah, no, Let's it's be good. Honest. We are. It's a B we, team. We're we're making strides though. When you think of our our international uh, involvement, you know, we we had Herdman on talking about what we're what we're doing in the in in the world of football, and now with you know with uh, the focus that guys like Cooper and Glenn Grunwald before him have done for. Uh, for basketball and the growth of the game, again, we're 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 starting to make an imprint in other sports other than hockey, which is, I think, really good for the country, and it's it's quite it impressive. Is. It's quite impressive, It really is. And I think it reflects, I think it reflects the, the you know the change in culture of our country too. Yeah, and that's not a bad thing.
0: Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs at home tonight with the Pittsburgh Penguins in town, who have been horrible.
1: Yeah, but they quite. won their last game. So,
0: well, it's a scary game for the Leafs, is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, no, and it, it, well, hey, Crosby loves playing here. You know that as well as I do. To me, the story of tonight and tomorrow night, because this is Hall of Fame weekend, Bob, is uh, Borea Salming, who is uh, the latest victim of ALS, is in town because of the Hall of Fame on Monday. He's going to be honored tonight with all the other Hall of Famers. He's going to be honored tomorrow as one of the great Toronto Maple Leafs. I will tell you right now, when they introduce him and they put the spotlight on him and the camera on him, I am going to be a ball of tears. It is going to be so emotional uh, for this guy who in many ways, um, I thought for the time he played in Toronto and certainly in Detroit, he was the toughest pound for pound player in the National Hockey League. And for the first eight or nine years, didn't get the respect uh, of the National Hockey League. Uh, That he's going through this awful journey with ALS, as we've talked to our friend Mark Curtin about, a few times um, is tragic uh, for him to be here and to be given honor tonight um, is, is going to be very poignant. It, it truly is tonight and tomorrow night when the Canucks are in town, our buddy Gabby's in town too. So.
0: Well, where do, where would you rank Borea Salming among the great Leafs of all time?
1: I, I would put him in the top five
0: for sure. I, I think you probably have to.
1: Uh, uh, if you uh, now, I, I must say, I never saw half day play. Yeah, you know, I never saw Silaps play. But my defense on on that Leaf all time all star team, the you know, goalie, two defensemen, three forwards. Uh, to me, it was Tim Horton and Boria Salmi.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't <laughs> boy, argue that point.
1: Boy, oh boy, oh boy, they uh, he was, uh, at a, you know, he he paved the way. All these great Swedish defensemen, all these great Swedish defensemen in the National Hockey League. Oh. Boria salming something because he made it possible for them to get to this level too he was a trailblazer more than anybody else from swedish hockey to north america
0: i agree a hundred percent um we uh, we look forward to getting a chance to see him the next couple of nights and um bring the tissues man bring the tissues and commiserate with him and with you i guess Uh, Our thanks again to Richard Deitch for joining us. Uh, For uh, John Shannon, this is Bob McCowan. We'll see you on Monday. Have a good weekend, everybody. Bye-bye.